Ladies and gentlemen, every other Tuesday on the Journey into Comics Network, it's poor news with the late breaking news when it matters most. The following, the following, the following. The following. Journey, into comic. journey into Comics. Journey into Comics. Journey into Comics. Journey into Comics. Network. 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 Production. Production. And here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey Into Comics, the podcast dedicated to all things nerd, with your host, the podfather himself, Nate Phillips. Showtime, a-holes. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Journey Into Comics. It's Journey Into Comics 209. I am your host, Nate, and today joining me, a very special guest, all the way from Podcastrophy. You guys know him and love him. He is Finnegan McNasty. Welcome back to the show. Tyler, how's it going? It's going good. Starting off the Friday right with a podcast. Yeah, man. It's been far too long since you've been on. I think all the way back at uh, LafiCon with 200 mm-hmm. officially. Well, I guess 202, technically speaking, because that's when we were with JTC. Uh, but man, there's been a lot of like crazy stuff that's been happening in the comic book world. But before we get into that, how have you been? What's been up? Uh, not a, I mean, I've just been busy, 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 uh, you know, with podcastrophy, uh, moving to our own feed and then, you know, my career change and then it's, uh, end of the summer. So Blaine's, uh, career path has been really, really busy and then, on top of me starting my new job, I'm also a college student again. So, uh, and then of course, you know, at the at the end of the summer, that's when the allergies hit, and I mean, just you're busy and you're run down and you're tired. Man, it's the hardest. It's like when fall starts. It's almost like somebody kicks you in the dick and says, "Good luck, enjoy." Most of the time, for me, they don't even say "good luck." They just kick me in the dick <laughs> and run off. <laughs> and run off. Fuck or you, po- you, little bastards! Or point and laugh, you know, like, oh. like, um, what was the what was the kid uh, from The Simpsons that always <laughs> said, "Ha yeah, Nelson, Nelson, thank yeah. you, ha <laughs> yep, that kid, yeah, that kid's hilariously awful, always pointing and laughing at everyone who got hurt, at everybody, ridiculous dickhead. Well, dude, it's been crazy, and it's been kind of cool to watch you guys on Podcastrophy. For those listening who don't know, uh, you guys have taken the next big step in your journey into podcasting and uh, branched into your own feed, uh, meaning that episode 55 that drops this week on the Journey into Comics Network will both drop on the Journey into Comics Network and at podcastrophy.podbean.com. How's that been for you, Tyler? It's good. Uh, you know, it's a it's a little bit rough because, um, you know, Blaine and I have an ever evolving uh, technical setup. We're always trying to improve in any way that we can. Um, so, you know, with that, there's always the increase in technical difficulties uh, that are normally unforeseen. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, just. You know, it's it's one more little stressful thing. Like now, now, now we have that much more stuff that we have to worry about every week. You know, we're, we're not f- for people that may misunderstand. We're not leaving the network. We're just uh, going to our own feed so we can kind of 
throw our content around however however we want and not get in the way of anybody else that's trying to do their own thing. As uh, well as you guys are doing a, a good thing because it's increasing visibility. And I think that's right. one thing that's uh, maybe mis- misrepresented. You know, as the network, we've always talked about like, hey, if a show's fucking ready to branch out and do its own thing, please do evolve. You can stay a part of the network. You're staying a part of our family, obviously. Mm-hmm. But getting your own feed allows somebody to not have to search Journey into Comics Network to find your show. Right. They search Podcastrophe, boom, 54 episodes. They're there in their face. Check it out. You know, check out the whole catalog of, of awesome. Yeah, so along with the you know, regular podcasting services. Uh, we're also uh, throwing up all of our backlog on YouTube. Those should all be there by now. Um, Podcastrophy Pod on YouTube, or Podcastrophy Podcasts. And then uh, the primary focus of our show is live stream. Um, the The digital part of it's kind of kind of the back burner because we get 90% of our viewers or our listeners during our live stream. And we're trying to brand, we're not an affiliate with anybody. So we're trying to branch that live stream out as many places as we can at the same time, because, you know, some people don't like to use Facebook. Some people don't like to use Twitch. Um, You know, you and I had the conversation the other day. I personally, I I don't mind Podbean. But if I'm just going to listen to a quick podcast, I listen to that on Spotify. The interface is just so much more intuitive for me. There's only certain podcasts that I can listen to on Podbean, though. So, and they treat us so good. Yes, I was so, just going to say, like that's the one. That's the one thing. Like I, I will say, I love Spotify, and it's a unique situation where if it wasn't for Podbean, we wouldn't be on Spotify. Right. End of story. So it's it's fucking beautiful to you know to look at it because i really even even not just for me personally but even in like the statistical things that podbean does spotify is its own stats right so if you're listening on spotify you're listening on a very customized option of of, and we're really in the groundwork because we were some of the first podcasts to go up on spotify Mm -hmm. right when they decided to add that to their you know arsenal of listening so it, I love I love I love both, you know. But you know, anyways, uh, it's difficult, man. It's 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 interesting to watch you guys, and I and some people will hear this information regurgitated on fifty five because Blaine and I got to have a conversation that's going to be a part of that episode uh, when he was up a couple weeks ago. But uh, it's difficult to branch out because it feels like so much work, so much pressure. But one thing I think you said it best is you guys hinging on the fact that you have tried and true numbers in the live stream. Your mm-hmm. show is fun as fuck to watch. Thank you. Uh, now, I don't know. I don't remember if I told. I don't know if I told you this. I know I told Blaine this, but uh, Thursday day, so like early in the day, uh, I put. No, it was Wednesday because it was before it actually went live. It was the day he uploaded it was Wednesday. Okay. I watched the live stream while I actually had the audio for the podcast going. So it was like the most optimal way to check the show out. I had him synced perfectly, man. And it was just, it was great. And I mean, even to just watch your guys' live stream is fun because the energy you guys put off. But you guys get people in that room. 
And I don't know the energy. I haven't been in the room yet. I haven't had the experience in the room yet. But I feel like there's something about that room that gets people riled up and gets them kind of creating some raucous without meaning to. Well, not to steal any thunder from Alex Jones, uh, I am I am not nearly as abrasive as I as I sometimes seem inside the the sanctum of dicks. Um, but I, like I've said a million times on the show, I'm the unpopular opinion guy. So if there if there is something slightly controversial, you know, I sometimes I agree with it. Ninety percent of the time, uh, I might have a little bit different uh, uh, opinion or viewpoint on the thing that I'm going to argue about on that show. But th- there's a lot of stuff that we don't we don't regularly talk about, just you know, person to person. And I don't feel that there's any better outlet than our show, at least Absolutely. for Blaine. At least for Blaine and I, because you've known Blaine long enough. It is hard to get him to talk about things unless he says, hey, this is something that I want to talk about. He's a very reserved guy 90% of the time. So I know that when I get something, when his light bulb comes on and he starts to really get into a conversation, I know that it's either something that he's very opposed to or very passionate about. So I think we have a very good dynamic. Um you know, for anybody that hasn't listened to our show, I will say we are not politically cor- correct. Um, but that in no way means that we are belligerent and, you know, bigoted people. We just, we look at things from a little bit different perspective. So give us a chance. Yeah, no, I think you guys are, uh, you know, and I, I tried to, I really dive into explaining this to Dick. He was expressing, and I don't know if I'm supposed to say this or not, so hopefully I don't offend you, Dick, uh, but he was expressing a little bit of his displeasure with how he felt internally, and I understand this as a podcast creator, how he felt about episode 54. It was very loud. There's a lot of talking going on. There's some talking over people, some you know, some interruptions and stuff. And I told him, I was like, you don't realize that you're capturing an energy that only certain shows have ever been able to capture. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at, like, not necessarily podcasts, but I look to the Jason Ellis show on Sirius XM. That's a big, humongous influence on me as a podcaster. And I, I know Blaine doesn't know that show from Dick or whatever, but that energy, the craziness, the wild, spontaneous shit that's happening and people laughing and weirdness going on in the room and, you know, maybe somebody's getting spanked in the corner and you're not really sure why that's happening, but it's fucking happening, so you're just kind of going with it, like, embodies that chaos that's beautiful because it's channeled in such a way that you guys are still creating and having thoughts and opinions and being able to, you know, validate each other in some form or fashion in your communication. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I, I've said it before on the show, you know, we, we, no one is paying us to do this. We do it, number one, first and foremost, because Blaine and I are very good friends and we don't necessarily need an excuse, but this is a really good excuse for us to spend time together, um, you know, with our busy lives and all that. This is regular time that him and I get to sit down and hang out. But we we like to <clears throat> excuse me we like to bring people along for the ride with us. So, I mean, y- you hit the nail on the head for for the way that I look at it. You know, yeah. I mean, we might I might yell into the microphone a lot, and the the energy gets crazy sometimes. But that just goes to show how genuine 
our show is because there was five people in the room this past Tuesday and every single person in that room was mad at each other at one point. But the other 99% of the time that we were in that room for that almost three hours, we were all having a great time. And it definitely came through the entirety of the episode. I mean, I even said in the beginning through the, uh, the chat logs, I was like, the tension is real because you and Richard just started off at each other's throats, which I can understand through Richard's personality. I'm sure that sometimes he can be a little abrasive. Can't wait. He's a, a part of something that I'm working on for a second season of a show. Nice. And uh, we're going to crack that egg open and uh, dive into Richard Olovich's story at some point. Um, <clears throat> man, I've not really been doing a whole lot of much. Um, kind of recovering. We've had some pretty... Um, that's not the word I want to use. Painful isn't the word I want to use. But we've had some pretty injury-laden shows as of late for Walk Among Us. And we, we play... We've already played in future tense because it's Monday, but we will be playing tomorrow for you and me. Um, at the Brower House, and then we're off for a couple weeks. And uh, other than that, I've just been kind of in recovery mode. Finished up the kitchen, which has been nice. Um, but I don't really that, have much else to report. That type of accomplishment always feels good, though, because it's something tactile. You can look at it and say, I finished that. Yeah, I definitely did. And I also have, like, the smallest four lines of paint to do for it to be 100% finished. It, it always ends up that way. We we painted our kitchen like back in February and there's still like four lines of paint that we need to finish that I at this point have just decided to give up on. I'll get to it one day. It'll yeah. be cold in the winter. You'll be sitting at home in a snow day or some shit. You'll be like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm painting those four fucking lines. All four of them. Maybe just two of them, but I'm going to shoot for all four of them. You'll get started and then get discouraged. and uh, yeah, yeah, I, Painting, It's sometimes it can be a task, but that's not what we're here for. We're here for comics. <laughs> this Let's is not a journey, <laughs> journey into painting. That's a Bob Ross fucking show, bro. Yes, oh my yes. god, that would be great. Just I wish little, I was uh, Bob Ross. Just put a little dab of a little uh, snowy dusk right here. Just a it's dab a happy in there. it's a happy dab. It's a happy little dab there. We're just gonna uh, make little mountains, little mountains out of. <laughs> <laughs> I, I fucking love Bob Ross. Oh, dude. I do too, man. Oh, I do he's too. R.I.P. Bob Ross. Yeah, wherever you're at, R.I.P. Man, where do you want to start today? If you could flip a coin, we've got kind of t the two major veins of comic books in the mainstream to, to discuss things about. There's lots of things. We're on the cusp of one movie. We're at the end of an era, possibly. Uh, where do you want to go? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start us off with DC here this fine Friday evening as we record. Yeah. Um, because earlier this past week, uh, there's a little bit of controversy with Henry Cavill and his future uh, as Superman. And I'll be completely honest with you, it, it triggered me pretty hard. Um, you know, every, every episode that we've dove really hard into DC on Podcastrophe... You know, I've I, like Atlas holding up the Earth. I've put Henry Cavill up on the pedestal, uh, and 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 said, "This is the guy that you want to play Superman. This is the guy that you want 
to if someone says the word Superman, Henry Cavill's face is is the face that you want to see. Um. Wow, that's a massive train of our existence. Yeah, I was I was gonna middle. say I couldn't tell if that was coming from me or from no. You. That's definitely me. That's like the seventh train since I sat down to podcast today. But but Henry Cavill is the guy, and you know, as we continue this conversation, I'm gonna get a little bit into Ben Affleck too, because again, this past week we got more Ben Affleck as Batman controversy. And I, I just don't know what the hell DC and Warner Brothers, what 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 path they're trying to take here. Well, right now I feel like they're kind of at a crossroads. They recognize that the Snyder era is maybe not the best era, and I, I know that that comes with some backlash because while Man of Steel is a good film, it did have some problems. Batman vs Superman is an okay film. It has a lots of problems. Justice League is a really good film with a couple problems. Um, Justice League, I will watch fucking Justice League. You want to talk about Henry Cavill on the strength of the one scene where he is holding the entire Justice League back like a motherfucking gangster. You know the the scene that really got me in that movie. What when, it is when? Well, it's two, but when uh, the Flash goes to run around Superman. And his eyes just catch and the flash, and flash his, is like... His head isn't moving, but you see his fucking eye following the flash every step that he takes. That that was such fantastic cinematography. That Absolutely. whole scene. And then the scene where... Um, after that, that scene where uh, Batman and Wonder Woman are kind of having their heart-to-heart and after he got the shit beat out of him, you know, you see you see old Batfleck all bruised and battered and he is still willing to do what needs to be done after Superman could have killed him at any given time during that exchange. Those were both really powerful scenes for me. And, you know, I agree with everything that you said about Man of Steel. Um, I'm actually one of the few people, here's the unpopular opinion again, that, re- that really liked BVS. Um, and that, that was before I even saw the extended or director's cut with all the stuff that they removed from the film. I actually really enjoyed that. The writing was, you know, kind of campy and, and boring at times. Um, but Warner Brothers in DC... The Snyder era has not struggled from acting. It has not struggled from production value. It has struggled from producer and director's ability and writing. Vision, I think, is a big word. That kind of encompasses it all. So that's, that's a great way to put it. If they would have spent a little bit more on the budget for a little bit better... Uh, talent as far as the writers go uh i mean because if you go from man of steel to justice league and you connect all the dots of the story that they're trying to tell there's a good story to be told in all of that oh yeah definitely it's just it's it's all the little stuff that that is killing this franchise because they don't think about the nuances of every small step they aren't building long term they built Listen, it's like a fucking, it's like this. It's like, um, what's that guy's name? The fast motherfucker. Bowl. 
What? I can't think of his name. The guy, the fast dude, the 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 Kenyan something bowl. Oh, the the guy from Jamaica. Usain Bolt. Usain Us- Bolt. Usain Bolt. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, so Usain Bolt, right? It's like Marvel was Usain Bolt because they just got out of the gate first. Mm-hmm. And I feel like DC started when they walked to the track to have the race. They had both their legs. But by the time they realized how far behind they were, they weren't just far behind. They were also missing one of their fucking legs. And they tried to just say, we can jump right to our Justice League and make it happen. And they and tripped and fell and poked one of their eyes out, too. Totally. It was like that, uh, whatever, standing outside the fire Garth Brooks video, if you remember that, where the fucking guy's <laughs> fucking trying to run in the track and he fucking gets hurt. Good God, man. You were That's the a, only person that would bring up that music video. I don't know how I remember it, genuinely. It's I'm really, really glad that you did. It was that, because, you know, it's fucking weird. My parents, like, got divorced when I was eight, and all they did was listen to country music. So I remember that video, the Garth Brooks video. And then Travis Tritt had fucking some video, and a girl, like, hits her head in a boat and fucking dies or some shit, and that shit's depressing. Oh, yeah. Those are the ones that stuck in my head forever. Like, they're just in there for some weird-ass reason. Mm. But, so, so... Kind of back on track away from 90s country music. I'm just, I'm really, and you know, I, I know that uh, as we dig through the news coming out about this, I know that a lot of it is scheduling conflict at this point with Cavill um, because he's taking the role of one of my favorite uh, characters from any media in uh, Geralt of Rivia as the star of the new uh, Witcher Netflix series. So I'm really I'm really excited for that, and I'm really excited to see Cavill uh, get more and more exposure as an actor because I think he has the talent and he deserves it. Um, but I don't know... I, I've had this conversation about, about three people or three characters. With I know I've had this conversation with you before. Henry Cavill as Superman, Ben Affleck as Batman, and Hugh Jackman as Logan. I don't, I cannot think of someone to replace any of those actors with. And from comicbook.com, I have a list of eight actors who could replace Henry Cavill as Superman. Okay. I, fi- I figured this would be a good place to start and go through this. Well, can we also, I don't think we actually officially said yet, though. Warner Brothers officially released a statement essentially saying that they were cutting some form of ties with Henry Cavill and they have no plans for future Superman movies or to include him in any future uh, DCEU movies. Mm-hmm. Okay, back well, to and it. Then, and then there was also the tweet or press release from his his agent or his producer that said, you know, the cape is still in our closet. Yeah, uh, Danny Garcia says, Thank be you. peaceful. The cape is still in his closet. WB Pictures has been and continues to be our partners as they evolve the DC Universe. Anticipate a WB statement later today. But- so, so <clears throat> basically two conflicting statements, which just makes this that much more confusing. Um, I also have a list of Ben Affleck replacements for Batman, so I would like to go through that one as well um but the couple so from uh comicbook.com the 
um, I guess, uh, parameters for this list. Um, So first and foremost, this list is being made under the simple assumption that Cavill does indeed leave the Superman role behind. Uh, Number two, race does not matter. Superman is literally an alien from outer space. He can be of any ethnicity. I like that they put that one in there. Love it. Uh, The actor has to be in a position where he could actually take the role. So... Oh, I like that's an interesting caveat, not just throwing fucking darts at a dartboard going, hopefully this guy will take it. Right, and uh, they, they added a little bit more to that. This is to keep things slightly realistic and also to keep myself from including no one but Sebastian Stan and Chadwick Boseman on the list. So, I mean, if someone is willing to not fanboy themselves about you know one of the most iconic characters of all time... I think this is a legitimate list. At least yeah. I ho- at least I'm interested to see what you think about it. So, with no further ado, uh the first one is Tyler Hoechlin. Oh my god, yes. I know and him it, because he is the Arrowverse correct. Superman. And it's, I think it, he does phenomenal. It's uh, the caption for his image is this may be cheating just a little bit considering Tyler is already playing Superman in the CW's Arrowverse, but he's just so damn good at it. Um, I am not caught up on any of the WB uh, series, so I have never seen this guy before this image that I'm looking at right now. So I I can't really comment on his ability, but if, if people are saying he does a good job playing Superman on one of the network TV shows, let him do it. I to- I totally agree. Uh, Tyler is mainly known for his role as Superman in the Supergirl show. Okay. Uh, so he appeared in season two when CW got the rights to use Supergirl because CBS uh, it didn't renew the contract or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I mean, and now they're kicking ass and in their third or fourth season. Uh, I would- Tyler Tyler Hoechlin is really I think he you know he doesn't he hasn't really been Clark Kent that much. Um, but his Superman ability has been pretty great, so I'm, cool. I'm really looking forward to the possibility of that. You never even know. From, excuse me, from what I've watched of the CW shows, I would like to see a little bit, and and for the Marvel uh, shows too, I would like to see a little bit more crossover from what's going on, the Netflix shows or the network TV shows. And what's actually going on on the silver screen, too. I think especially now where we're at with Marvel, with these giant crossover events, um, the people that are doing a fantastic job, you know, as the TV stars and versions of these characters, I think they deserve at least a cameo or a shout out. Um, totally. Because every one of these shows, even, um, what's the bad one? Uh, Iron Fist. Even Iron Fist has a dedicated following of fans supporting that show because they love that character so much. Um, So, not to get too deep in this one guy, but the next one is uh, part of the controversy that we heard last week. It's Michael B. Jordan. I love the possibility of this. I hate the possibility of this. You didn't like him as Killmonger. I... Love Michael B. Jordan as an actor. I think he has superb talent. 
I did not enjoy him as Killmonger because it felt too over the top. Okay. It it was it was trying too hard to exemplify growing up in Oakland, California in the projects. Just be just be normal and then you don't I mean, you know what you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, you're you're saying like, that he kind of hinged his whole entire shtick on I got left behind in the projects and that's why I'm angry. Well, no, I not even that. Like that's good storytelling cuz that's okay. emotional. Yeah. It's it's he in his almost, how he carried himself? Yeah, he almost went stereotype. Okay, yeah, he You know was what almost, I'm saying? Uh to not be politically incorrect, he almost had too much like thug swagger about yes. him. Yes. Yes. It, it was it Thank was taken you. away from the ability cuz he's definitely still a cold calculated assassin like Eric Killmonger, cold calculated assassin. But the hardness, he it was almost fake in how hard he portrayed himself. Exactly. Is that what you, you're looking at? You said it perfectly. I had to really dissect that because I never really broke down that character like that. I just kind of enjoyed it at a different level. Uh, to think about him as Superman, I actually think about his role in Creed. And okay. his ability to portray emotion and power and a um, mixture of trying to maintain calm. and uh, there, there are many different layers to how he portrays himself in the first Creed movie that I think it would lend itself to the possibility of him being Superman. Now, do I think it's the perfect casting? Not necessarily. Do I think let it's me, a cool casting choice? Yeah. Let me ask you this. What about casting him as Superboy? That would be bitching. That would be fucking bitching. See, that to me makes a lot more sense than casting him as Superman. Um, the caption here under his image says, Again, another potential cop-out here, but I don't really care. Michael B. Jordan is hands down one of the most talented young actors working today, period. And I would totally agree with that. I think casting him as um, Superboy or maybe even a Green Lantern, wink, wink, I think think would be a little bit better of a direction. Um, Damn, he would be killer as Jon Stewart. Yes. Oh. When I... So this image that I'm looking at right now... um, it's you know it's it's photoshopped up to make him it's it's him as Superman. He's got the blue suit on with the red underneath. It's got the silver uh, you know hope emblem. If that's what that's, we're gonna call it, I'm pretty sure that's Earth Two Supes. Yep, um, you know it's got his eyes ready to shoot laser freaking laser beams out of him. Um, but when I saw this image, just the way that his you know, jawline looks and, and, and everything, just the way that he's presenting himself, I instantly thought Jon Stewart. Yeah. Immediately. I think, I think he would make a fucking fantabulastic Jon Stewart. That's just me. Who's next on our list, man? We got Ryan Guzman. No idea who the fuck that is. Uh, you may recognize Guzman from Everybody Wants Some, where he and Tyler Hoechlin were fictional best buddies. Or the limited series Heroes Reborn. This actor is set for a substantial role in the second season of 911 on Fox this fall. I don't recognize this guy at all because I don't watch that kind of TV. So Same. Uh, Chris Evans is in at number four. Ooh. 
I, I'm not feeling that one at all. I love Chris Evans. He he revitalized my faith in a character that I could not stand, much like Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck both did for their respective roles. Um, I think I think once Chris Evans steps out of the superhero costume, that he just kind of needs to let it let it rest. He needs to go do more like fucking brain-breaking pieces like fucking Snowpiercer. Yes. You've never seen Snowpiercer. Fantastic film. That is God. such a powerful movie. Fuck yeah. Move to the front of the train. Like that whole just fucking... God damn, that movie's so good. And well, John Hurt's role. And- his story, you know, throughout the whole... That whole movie, like he's leading this rebellion... So people aren't in the back of the train eating each other. And then when you get to the front of the train, you realize that he was one of the people trying to eat other people. Yep. I mean, it just, he is such a phenomenal actor. And I I don't know that anyone could take that away from him. I mean, shit, I've been following this guy's career from, what was that movie called? Cellular? Where the woman was kidnapped and she calls his cell phone by mistake. And he he becomes a vigilante. That was like 2002. Uh, I think the only movie that I would have remembered seeing, you're talking about Chris Evans, I'm assuming still, right? Yes. The only thing I think that would predate that would be not another teen movie. Yep. I forgot that he was in that. Yeah. And, and he, that's, that's definitely my first exposure, exposure to Chris Evans. And then again, exposed via your Captain America stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world is a great role that he's in, uh, as one of the evil exes, uh, Yeah, so, I, I don't know, man. I don't. He definitely I, has. He definitely has the talent. I think that he could do it. And the look. Um, and the look for sure. Um, I just. I don't. I don't. It just doesn't fit right for me. He's not gonna. He would never accept that role because it's too Captain America. It's yes. The same. I mean, it's not the same character, but in a lot of it ways, it basically it's the is same the same fucking character. character. Yeah. I mean, with their power types and whatnot. So number five, we've got Richard Madden. Uh, the caption here says Richard Madden seems to always pop up on Batman and Nightwing fan casting lists, but I think he's a low-key fantastic choice for Superman. I'm not familiar with this guy. Yeah, you, Rob Stark. Oh, I didn't recognize him without the facial hair. That's why I had to take a, like a long look at him. I just pulled the article up, and uh, yeah, he, he definitely Rob Stark. That'd be interesting. So here's at, here at number six is the guy so far on this list that I think would be the one that I would cast is Alexander Skarsgård. Are you familiar with him? I don't think I've seen any of his work. True Blood, the new Legend of Tarzan movie. Mm-mm. Never, ever, ever saw either of those. All I know that name from is his brother's that creepy fucker in It. Yes, and also Castle Rock, which is fucking awesome. Watch mm-hmm. it. I think, uh, you know, the, the Tarzan movie was terrible. Uh, he got really popular on True Blood. You know, he's, he's a pretty dreamy guy, especially when you throw him in a loincloth and let his hair grow out a little bit. So um, I, I think he's one of the next up-and-comers. Okay. Uh, once he gets a big role, I think he's going to blow up, especially if it's a superhero film. Uh, number seven, uh, getting ready to close out the list here, we've got Matt Bomer. Can I real quick say something about Alexander Skarsgård? Go ahead. He would make a bitch in Century for Marvel. Mm. 
Okay, go on. Matt or, or Craven. Ooh, Craven would be kind of bitching too. Mm-hmm. Who's this guy now? The next guy up on the list? M- Matt Bomer. It says if you want someone to seamlessly step in and replace Henry Cavill, Matt Bomer is definitely the perfect candidate. Seriously, you could tell me that these two were twins, and I'd instantly believe you. The look is almost identical. Um, yeah, it doesn't. I'm not familiar with him. I know nothing about him, and also I don't think he looks anything like fucking Henry Cavill whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe the forehead and the hairline's the same, but that's about it. Or maybe the jawline and the forehead. Is that it's what not, I said? Oh, yeah. I, I said I, hairline and you said jawline. Yeah, it's all right. I was just noticing his jawline's a little a little large there. Well, he's, he's got that dimple chin, too, so maybe that's it. Yeah. And then at number eight, we've got Jonathan Groff. Uh, he's uh, Mind Hunter, HBO's Looking, or the guy who voiced Kristoff in Frozen. Um,. Just looking at the image that I'm seeing for this guy, no. Not at all. Nope. He makes a better Batman. Maybe. Like, maybe. Maybe a better Barry Allen, actually. Yeah, I could see that, for sure. Like, I don't really see him as soups. So, so we went through this list. We'll just kind of fly through the Batman list real quick. um, Because I actually want to get to the point of bringing these lists up. Uh, number one on Batman's Army Hammer. I don't okay. think I don't think that one's terrible. Number two is Riz Ahmed. Uh, not a fan of that one. Riz Dacre. Ahmed just did uh, Venom. Yes. Okay. Uh, Dacre Montgomery. Uh, leading ro- he was the lead role in the Power Ranger movie. Not a fan of that casting okay tyler hoakland's on here again damn ryan guzman's on here again michael b jordan's on here again as Uh, batman as batman here's the first one that i kind of like ben barnes who's barn barnes um i know you said ben barnes but for some reason i said barn barnes it just sounded funny uh he's been in westworld and the punisher okay uh, Zach McGowan. I don't think that's a terrible choice. Tom Hopper is at number nine. He's on Black Sails and then a couple other shows like that. Okay. Uh, Jamie Dornan. I think this would be a halfway decent one. Uh, he's the guy that plays, uh, Gray in the Fifty Shades movies. Okay. Um, and then at number 11, the honorable mention, Mustafa Shakir, the guy that's, the guy that's playing, um, Bushmaster in, uh, the second season of Luke Cage. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, that's another bad list. I'm not feeling it for really any of those people. So let's break it down. Fuck those lists. Fantasy cast, bro. Who you picking? You have to take somebody who's not Henry Cavill God and damn make it. them Superman. Um, ooh, uh, John Krasinski. 
Oh, that's such a good choice because he's a very talented actor. Well, and I, I say that because, you know, originally uh, Chris Evans wasn't the one that was picked for Captain America. Originally, it was Jensen Ackles, uh, famous because of Supernatural. He was the original casting of Superman. And then he decided to go full time with Supernatural. And John, John Krasinski was auditioned. And then Chris Evans was auditioned. For Captain and America. For Captain America. Krasinski had the part up until Chris Evans walked into the room. Damn. I think John Krasinski would make a fantastic Mr. Fantastic. I do, too. Uh, I've expressed I totally that. agree. Him and Emily Blunt as the Fantastics. And then... Yes. John Cena as your Ben Grimm. Because it's perfect. I could see that. And it makes sense. And then do, like, fucking Zac Efron as your Johnny fucking storm no i'm out you ruined it for me who would you do for johnny storm though since we're not fantasy casting superman apparently (laughs) no well the the reason i went with all the 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 captain america talk is because chris evans you know we agreed on why chris evans couldn't step out of captain america and into uh the the suit of clark kent John Krasinski, John Krasinski was going to be Captain America, so he already has the ability to fill that type of role. All right, I like it. Let him put on the red tights and the the you know the business suit with the glasses, and and let's see what he can do. That would be my guy for Superman. Okay. Um, as far as Johnny Storm goes, um, oh, somebody's gonna hate me, but I'm gonna say Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay, that's not bad. I don't hate that, actually. Jake Gyllenhaal. I think he's a little old, but it wouldn't be bad. It's possible. Make him a little bit. Johnny Storm doesn't always have to be, you know, a late teens, early 20s guy. You're right. You're right. He could be be in his early 30s having a midlife crisis. I get it. He could play the older brother role to, to, uh, to sue, make her the young and wild one. There you go. Oh, I kind of dig that. Okay, but we're also in 2018. Does that mean that Johnny and Reed then have a relationship? Ooh, no. Okay, I I just I didn't know if we were <laughs> if we were if we were going that route. So so we're gonna get to the Fantastic Four here in a little bit. That's one of the things that we're gonna talk about today. Um, but kind of as a as a. Uh, a you gotta tell s- me who your Batman is, motherfucker. Oh, I'm gonna get there. Just a second. Okay, sorry, my bad. Just as kind of a uh, little preview. I hate the Fantastic Four. I'm sure anyone that's listening to this has heard me say this in some capacity before. I hate them. I feel like Johnny's- there was a whole argument on the stage of LaFiCon about how you didn't give a fuck about the thing. Yeah, 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 because the Hulk is better and always will be. Um, but uh, Johnny Storm is the one character out of that group that I really dig, especially with his relationship with Spider-Man. Throughout, yes. you know, the comics and the expanded universe, him and Spidey are best buds. So I've always really dug that. Um, but if you're going to do the Fantastic Four, you need to do the Fantastic Four the way that it is and always has been, I think. You've got Mr. Fantastic as the nerdy science guy that gets powers and then becomes a badass. Sue, uh, you know, Invisible Girl is just hot and a badass and then Johnny and the thing you might have a little bit of room to play with 
Um, but their relationships with each other have to be that family atmosphere. And I think if you try and alter that chemistry a little too much, that's just when it gets weird. And that's ultimately what's, what happens to the Fantastic Four every time they do it on the silver screen. Um, but back to my Batman casting. If I was going to cast anyone as Batman uh, up until he took the role of Venom, it would probably would have been Tom Hardy. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. I think, I think he has a diverse enough talent base that Tom can pretty much do whatever he wants to do at this point. Uh, if I couldn't do to- Tom or it was a little bit too off the wall, um, I'm going to throw a weird one at you, but it's Josh Duhamel. I know who that is, yeah. He was on some uh, USA show I can't think of. Uh, he was on. Well, he's been on a lot of shows. He was the star of the show Justified on FX. Yeah. And then he was the kind of soldier captain in all the Transformers movies. Mm-hmm. And now I know exactly he, who you're talking about. Now he's on the Taco Bell nacho fry commercial. I haven't seen that. All right. Uh, where um, Where have you been? Dude, I don't have basic television in my house, only internet TV, So, and I have the shit that has no ads, except for uh, Netflix all no, of a sudden I, starting to have ads. Ain't that some shit? Bullshit, motherfuckers. Don't give me something and take it away because you think you can put ads in my shit. Right. Okay, so who would you cast as Superman and Batman? Ooh. Hmm. It's hard when you get put on the spot with those two characters. I think that Superman, I know who I want because it doesn't matter when your Superman is from at all. So my vote is do something that needs to be done, a wrong that has never been righted. It's got to be Nicolas Cage. <laughs> and Tyler just got up and walked away. <laughs> If I if I could punch you digitally, I would not just punch you. I would break your neck right now. Jesus! Whoa! How dare you wish that evil upon us, dude? He was gonna be an awesome Superman in Tim Burton's Superman movie. Come on, it was gonna be great. Like he was an awesome ghostwriter, ruining one of my favorite characters in all of Marvel comics. You know why? Because the studio didn't listen to him. Funny that you mentioned that, because I just read an article the other day that Nicolas Cage was talking about how if Marvel would have listened to what he originally said and made Ghost Rider an R-rated movie, hard R, it would have been successful. I, I would totally agree with that. I think, I think you know, I, I give Nicolas Cage a lot of shit. He's kind of the nickelback of the silver screen. That's the way that I look at him. Um, well said. He's a very talented guy. You know, he's had a very long career for for a reason because he's got a lot of talent. Um, when I when I watched that Ghost Rider film for the first time, I was like, okay, you know, I can get into this. Let's let's do a couple more of these, and let's let's get me. I mean, that film, that first film had a lot. You know, it had hot Eva Mendez in it as the love oh, yeah. interest. And the special effects weren't bad. And, and his acting wasn't terrible. Um, let, Second let's, movie let, was ultra forgettable. But oh, the first one was pretty God. good. I mean, and you had like Idris Elba in it, which was made it even worse. 
And normally when he's involved in things, I say that the movie's great just because he's involved in it. Um, no, they kind of buried him, though. God, it was bad. It was it so was bad. bad. It was very bad. It was the baddest. So my Batman. Hmm. Well, are you going to stick with Nicolas Cage for oh, Superman? Fuck yeah. Good oh, yeah. God, man. Oh, yeah. I want to see it, dude. I absolutely want to see it. I don't care how old he is. I think like you make an older Superman. He's been around the lot for a while. He's seen some shit. He's experienced a lot of the tragedies and shit that like do to the character what you did with Batman. Make him older. So how are you going to justify him aging? Uh, well, any time that he was exposed to Red Sun, it took away his ability to be, you know, super, mm-hmm. and it started aging him like a normal human. Okay. So over time, the more he was exposed to the Red Sun, the more that, uh, yeah, it broke his ass down. Gotcha. Or, or you could say red kryptonite mixed with maybe he got like kryptonite poisoning. There, I mean, you could do it in any number of ways where he's like coming back from it, and it's like the the Rocky Six of Superman, you know, where he's fucking coming back one last time to hopefully whip some ass. But on the flip side, I think you need a young Batman, and I think you need Kit Harrington to be your Batman. Jon Snow. I don't think that's a terrible choice. I I, I I personally would put him more of a Nightwing kind of guy. Okay, I could see that too. Um, but I I actually don't mind that choice. And I see I always forget about him because I'm so behind on Game of Thrones that I don't I haven't got to experience a lot of the talent that he has to offer because okay. I'm so far removed from what the hell is going on. Um, yeah, I don't think that's a bad choice at all. Well, who knows who will become what in the future of the DCEU. I I read somewhere somebody said, why don't they just make Wonder Woman canon? Wonder Woman happened. Nothing else after happened. And then start from Wonder Woman as the building of your universe. Well, that's that's another thing, too. Like, who are you going to cast as Gal Gadot? Or as, as Wonder Woman? Who are you going to replace Gal Gadot with? I... So you think she's out now, too, because this pretty much breaks the Justice League that well, we knew up. No, 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 no. I don't think she's out by any means, but if they're going to do a full reboot, why would you not try and, try and save yourself a little bit of money and recast? Okay, I, fi- I vibe you, that. You know what I'm saying? I think it would be a terrible decision because I think she has shown that she has enough talent and right. she f- and she fits the role well enough that I think it would be a very poor decision um, from WB and DC to make to make that move. Um, but that's you know I defend Justice League a lot. The movie was you know not great, but just like Avengers and just like Solo and just like the Last Jedi and and a lot of these these films that are super popular or highly criticized, if you nail the cast, 90% of the work is done for you. Yep. And I think I think for everyone except Cyborg, I think they nailed the cast in Justice League. So keep going. See what happens. Yeah, but I think uh, the issue lies that the foundation is faulty, man. You can't put the Justice League up there if you haven't accurately built your universe. 
The fucked up thing is, is now you've run into a real conundrum because the universe you're building, you built on, is in Shazam, which is going to be one of your next big outings next year. So now you're building on a universe that doesn't exist anymore. What does that mean? I think that's going to be the real the real question of how they do this going forward is what will they include that's from the mythos of Superman and his time being on Earth. Uh, to answer your question, though, casting someone who's not Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, I would say if you can get her acting chops up, I don't know if she's tall enough, though, but it would be badass to see Ronda Rousey. Just saying. Yeah, I don't I don't think she has enough talent. I don't think she has enough acting chops either, for sure. I mean, she's barely a professional wrestler, and she doesn't do that very well either. Right. That's just my personal Don't opinion. tell Joe Grimes that. He'll have a fucking aneurysm. He's the... Fu- she, she, well, okay, she, he is the worst, and she is also the worst. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> they are both, in fact, the worst. They can have each other in their worst land of... The grimy rouserness, rousiness, whatever. <laughs> the the rousy grimerness. <laughs> Fucked that one up a little bit. Oops. That's all right. Uh, I just, I just, I, I don't. I, I, between Batfleck and Cavill Soups and Gal Gadot and even um, Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller, thank you. I was very apprehensive about him as Flash. I'm not a big Flash guy. I'm not a DC guy anyway. Um, but fucking Batfleck and Cavill made me interested in those characters again. They did it. DC didn't do it. Warner Brothers didn't do it. Their ability to convey their take on the character made me interested in them again. So I'm, I'm really fucking disappointed that Cavill is moving on from Superman in, in whatever capacity. And Ben Affleck's basically just fed up with all the bullshit. Dude, how can you not be if you're Ben Affleck? He's, okay, I got the role of Batman. And everyone's like, oh, I don't know if he's going to be the fucking guy. And then, Well, everyone remembers Gigli. I mean, we, yeah. we can't help it. It's real. It really happened. You can't block it from our minds. Uh, but, you, you know, you... You get to a point where he he does BVS and people are like, oh, he was the best part of that movie. Like, Batman, he did it right. And then Justice League is more of the same. Like, he was really good in that. But with all the drama that keeps swirling around the DCEU and not being able to kind of have a leg to stand on, and it's like when as soon as Justice League comes out, people are talking about needing to reboot your entire franchise. That's a problem when everything after that kind of leads people more to believe that that's what they need to do, then maybe that's what you need to do. And it's unfortunate because it's like, man, Shazam might be a big hit of a movie. They might have something there. I'm, I'm really excited to see that film. But, Same. you know, on, on your point of them needing to reboot, isn't that kind of what just DC does anyway? Anytime they are slightly unhappy about the direction or the current state of their universe, they just say fuck it and start over again. Yeah, and I think that has a lot to do with their lack of planning. Back to what we were saying earlier, lack of vision, the ability to know, hey, if I plan this long-term, what are the ramifications of long-term planning? Like, what can I do? What can I flesh out? Sure, you say, man, Iron Man, they didn't really plan to make their universes big, but they knew, dropping the hint of Nick Fury, what that tie does. It leads you to a bigger and better what-if. And then you can keep building on that, and then you're telling stories that are 
so focused on their own story and then have a little extra whatever for the other movie to lead up to the whatever. Mm -hmm. That's where Marvel does it right. DC, Man of Steel, okay, now we're going to go into Batman versus Superman, which is essentially Justice League Zero. Right. It's just too quick for me. You needed to build a couple more things up. You needed to maybe do a Batman movie where it was Batman and make Cavill... You know, de deageify him just a little bit, make him play a younger Batman, and then make him play an older Batman at the end of the movie that's had time to reflect, and then put him in a situation where for the first time ever he sees Superman, and then you finally have bridged the gaps between Man of Steel. I feel like Warner Brothers doesn't believe in themselves enough to just go with their plan and trust it. So like they jump the gun. Well, do you fuck. Th- do you think that be, do you think that's that way because of how much they have struggled or because of how successful Disney and Marvel have been? Because I personally think it's a combination of both of them together because I don't think DC is struggling because Marvel is doing is being so successful. I've heard that argument a lot the last 6 months um, that will DC and Warner Brothers can't be successful because Marvel and Disney are being so they're they're having so much success. Shouldn't like, have anything to do with it. That's just a dumb argument to me because there's fans like us who lean, you know, I'm more of a Marvel guy. I I'm 90% sure you're more of a Marvel guy. But yeah, depends also, on which way my dick is hanging that day. Yeah, see, and I'm the same way. I don't really care for DC heroes, but I love all their villains. Absolutely. I I don't care for a lot of the Marvel villains because a lot of them are really weak, but I love their heroes. So I, I'm a, I, I think I'm a good balance between both of them. And if, if next holiday season there was a. Batman movie in October, a Superman movie in November, a Wonder Woman movie in December, and then Justice League in January, and there was also a Captain America, Iron Man, um, Thor, Thor, and then uh, Avengers movie, each one of them came out like the same day, I would see both of them every month. Oh, yeah. And be excited and lined up going, here, take my money. Here, take yes, my money. Yes, absolutely. I want to know what you're doing. I know what you're, I want to know what your plan is. Um, to mention DC before we get out of here, uh, or not out of here, out of here, but before we move out of DC and into the other parts of our discussion here, I do want to say that you sent me this uh, Doom Patrol set photo. Yes, I did. I, can't, I, I forgot that I sent that to you. Yeah, dude. Uh, just Jared breaking the article uh, that they have some amazing set photos of Robot Man from Doom Patrol, which is going to be the uh, show on the DC streaming service. Of course, your homeboy, your, your one of your faves, Brennan Fraser, doing the voice for Robot Man. He will not be portraying the character on screen, just lending his voice to the role. And... Initially, initially when I saw that article, I was like, "Oh shit." You know, he's acting again. Brendan Fraser is one of my favorite actors ever. He's like the unsung hero for me because he was a fantastic actor that just all of a sudden just disappeared, which uh wasn't real. I mean, now that we've kind of gotten further into his career and the Me Too right. movement, we learn that he was kind of blacklisted. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Because he didn't choose to participate, because he wanted to speak up and didn't feel comfortable with the crazy shit that Hollywood did to him as a younger Absolutely. gentleman. 
I think of Brendan Fraser in roles like Airheads. The Mummy. Uh, How can you the, not instantly think of The Mummy? Blast from the Past. Yeah. Uh, Encino Man. Encino Man. Oh, my God. That's a great one. Uh, Tarzan, even. Or George of the Jungle. George of the Jungle. George of the Jungle. My bad. The The Looney Tunes movie? Yeah. Fucking A, man. I, d- I like d- Brendan Fraser a lot. I do, too. Uh, you know, a friend of mine... I was talking to about the Doom Patrol and Robot Man not long ago. And I got about, you know, maybe two minutes into, like, nerding out about just Brendan Fraser and the fact that the Doom Patrol is going to get recognized. And, you know, I'm their own series, dude. That's crazy. I'm about two minutes into my spiel, and he looks at me and goes, wait a minute, who the fuck is the Doom Patrol? (laughs) <laughs> Who the fuck is Robot Man? And I remember having this uh, an identical conversation not long ago about who the Guardians of the Galaxy were. Oh, so yes. Well said, man. I hope, I don't think it'll be as successful, but I hope that this show is enough to get people interested. Because I there's think, some cool characters, and, and I, I hope their streaming service does well. So far, it is doing well. It went live just the other day, accidentally, before it was supposed to. And then they were like, fuck it. Looks like we're just going live with this shit. Let's keep That's it going. That's kind of the trend with, like, everything. Yeah. Now. It's just real. It we're just fucking... Spoiler alert, it's coming out before you were expecting it. Uh, coming in like a kamikaze pilot. That's a reference. Uh, right. But uh, I want to say there was a reason I was going to say something very important about Doom Patrol. You were bringing it up. Oh, Yeah. Do you know who Gerard Way is? Yes. My Chemical Romance? Yeah. His version of the Doom Patrol is actually the version that will be portrayed in the big screen. Like his, his not necessarily, okay, because he definitely was true in a lot of ways to the actual characters that that are portrayed in the Doom Patrol, but their aesthetic, their look is very much, if you go look at the Gerard Way uh, versions of Doom Patrol, You'll go. Oh, I instantly see the robot man that they're doing. I instantly see how they're they're bringing all the different characters in. I'm mm. actually pulling that up right now because I want to see it. Yeah, you should do that. You should do that and and uh, and tell me what you think. I think it's Ger- Ger- Gerard. It's Gerard Way. Way Doom. Yeah, Doom Patrol. Okay, yeah, he, I've 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 seen this before. Yeah, I kind of thought you had, but uh, he, yeah, man, they definitely took from his vision to make the Doom Patrol show what it's gonna be, and uh, I, I dig it. I'm looking forward to the possibility of what this show means. It's making me like, okay, well, it looks like I definitely have to get the streaming service and then some. Mm-hmm. So. Well, it goes back to what we were just saying about. Well, DC isn't successful because Marvel's not successful. Um, you know, Disney is going to launch their own streaming service whenever they do it. So all of the Marvel stuff's going to be removed from Netflix. So we're going to have a DC service, a Marvel service. You're going to be able to get what you want and watch it when you want. There's no reason that they both can't coexist because they're both equally great. And they're both already coexisting in all the other markets anyway. So to yes. assume that they're not going to, it's just, it's crazy. I'm sure they'll be fine. Speaking on Marvel, I don't know if you know this, but the petition to hire 
to rehire James Gunn, the petition that was originally created, is over 400,000 signatures. You're, Isn't you're, that crazy? You're going to trigger me again. Oh, I don't mean to trigger you. I, uh, Blaine and I talked in detail um, two weeks ago, week and a half ago, okay. about what we thought um, as far as Disney's decision um, to stick to their guns and say, sorry, James Gunn, we're not rehiring you. Uh, it's obviously their prerogative. It's their business. They have the right to make that decision. I think it is just dumb. It's the worst decision. I'm I'm not I'm not gonna allow myself to go down the rabbit hole and really say why I think it's dumb, other than the fact the cast of Guardians one and two is fantastic. James Gunn brought those people together and made that group of people fantastic. And that reflects on his ability, who he is as a human being, especially when you have the actors uh, from those films standing by James Gunn saying, anyone else but this man is wrong. Man, and it seems like even directors are just going, no, I'm not touching James Gunn's shit, man. Like, come on, fuck that. Why would I do that? Why, so you can make me out to be the next pony that fucked up the series and then it's on my back that the series is fucking wrong? Absolutely. I also think, though, let a little bit of time pass here. Maybe around Christmas or some shit. We'll get news, man. Disney's come to terms with James Gunn. They'll bring him back for Guardians. Everyone will be jubilant. The movie will fucking sell 20 billion fucking million fucking <sighs> tickets. And I don't know, man. I, I, think, I think Disney's drawn the line in the sand and have, have kind of planted their feet. I don't think they're going to budge. Well, I I, and I, th- I really I said, hope that they do. I feel like I said this on 206 or somewhere, but I feel like if they don't budge, they're risking the next couple Marvel movies. Genuinely. Because, okay, don't budge rehiring James Gunn. Fuck you, I won't go see Captain Marvel. And guess what? There's 500,000 other people that won't go see Captain Marvel. Now, you do the math on those tickets. How much money is your movie going to make? Not as much as you think. Mm-hmm. And which, that, that, that which, sabotage mentality. Especially on a movie that you can't project to sell as many tickets. Because it's compared, an origin, yeah. Because it's an origin story. So you're going to have your diehard fans come out in droves. You're going to have them bringing their friends and family. Um, but there's not going to be as many people saying, hmm, I've never heard of Captain Marvel. I'm going to go check them out, as they did with maybe Black Panther Especially yeah. because it's not a, uh, it's not a kind of a timepiece on where where the the country is as a whole. Yeah, it's not a modern t- look at time. It's going to be a look back into the nineties and that mm-hmm. in that uh, era. It's funny though, mentioning uh, people not knowing Captain Marvel. I do want to mention that actress Brie Larson is scheduled to be on Good Morning America Tuesday, September eighteenth. Meaning. Fuck yeah. We're getting that trailer this coming Tuesday, which means, folks, if you're listening to this episode tomorrow, you're getting the Captain Marvel trailer. Be ready up in the morning. Good morning, America. I think it's at like 9 a.m. or some shit, but they're going to be releasing that trailer. Sure as shit. I feel it in my bones. Hell yeah. So we'll get that first Captain Marvel trailer. And I'm looking forward to it, man. Uh, we got, a, a, we got like, there's like a lot of little pieces of Marvel news, and then we're going to get into our final really big topic here. Uh, now um, we both re- go ahead. Real, real quick before before we move on. Um, sure. So um, this is kind of a double sided question, but 
let's say that Captain Marvel sells fantastic. It just does. It blows Black Panther out of the box office. Shit. It's riding that high from Infinity War. People want to see, you know, the continuation of that post credit scene with Nick Fury and the beeper. How the we, fuck does that tie in? What the fuck is going on? Um, you know, Look to get a post credit scene that teases Avengers four, obviously. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be some anticipation as well, or the trailer. Do you think that if Captain Marvel does well, like I just said, that we might have some hope uh, for getting a little Nova action? I, you know, I've said this before, and I will definitely hold true and say it again. They already set up Nova. They've set it up brilliantly. It's just about mm-hmm. executing it. You didn't see Thanos go to 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 Xandar. No, to Xandar at all. You did not see him decimate Xandar. You don't see Roman Day get in a fucking spaceship and fly to Earth and give his powers to Richard Rider and the fucking power of Nova overtakes him because they're setting it up so where they can show you that. I don't know, maybe Avengers 4, maybe not. Maybe it's an after credit sequence. Maybe eventually in Guardians of the Galaxy 3 if that ever does come to light. See, that that's when I thought it would be really cool. And it, you, def, you, you wouldn't necessarily even have to have the kind of Nova from Earth origin. You could have him from somewhere else. Oh yeah, technically speaking, you could you know, give him an just, origin on any planet. Just just have him end up anywhere, but um you know, bring it full circle and then make him a part of how the Guardians interact with uh Adam Warlock and see where that ends up. So, I didn't I didn't want to tangent too hard, but I I know I've asked you this on a podcast before for a fact, but Nova is one of my favorite unsung heroes. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's just a cool fucking character. Absolutely, and, and you hit the nail on the head. They set it up. Let's see where it goes. Because you you intentionally don't see him get the power stone from Xandar, meaning that when you, okay, me fantasy casting the future, you do a Nova movie, and in the first five minutes, you literally watch Thanos go get that fucking stone right out of the gate, and immediately you go, oh shit. Infinity War. This is where it began. Oh my God, we're here. We're but we're there. But the, how's this tie into that? It doesn't, because it creates a whole new journey that has nothing to do with Infinity War. It's already all happened. And that would be the perfect time when you've got Chris Evans and uh, Robert Downey Jr. and all these people separating from the franchise. You bring in characters like Nova. You go deeper with Spider-Man and the Guardians. You basically start wave two of the MCU. Yes. And you, and you make Captain Marvel and Spidey and Nova. And, you know, if the Guardians are still around. Really, uh, Black Panther and Doctor Strange would Black be Black Panther and Doctor Strange, for sure. big pillars. Um, Do we see Bucky pull become... Cap, do you think that's in the cards for Sebastian Stan? See, I've asked, I've asked this, I've asked Brandon this, I've asked you, you this before, I think, and I've asked Blaine this because there's three different ways that they go, they could go with Cap. You know, they just keep Chris Evans, which we know is not going to happen. No, he won't sign on for more. He won't sign on for more, so that one's out of the, off the table. You have Bucky take over the role as Cap. To be bitching. Which would be cool because I like Sebastian Stan, big fanboy there. Or you have Falcon Cap. 
also would be fucking awesome. Which I don't think would be bad at all. Anthony Mackie's a phenomenal actor. So sure. I think I think either direction that they went with it, I would totally be okay with. Or just let Cap's legacy go on. Okay, so here's we're on Captain America now, and now my brain's like going a million miles a second. There's been some. Con- <laughs> you know, you knew this was gonna happen. I'm. I was ready for it. It's fine. So Cap, right? There's another play here. We know that it's possible Avengers Four will feature some time travel. What if we get Cap going back to the dance with, with Peggy Carter? He doesn't leave, and he doesn't. Exactly. He's like, I'm not missing this dance again. And then that's it. He lived his life in the 40s, and that's what we got. Of course, that definitely disrupts our current timeline. Right. Um, and possibly creates some sort of paradox, but uh, whatever. We'll figure it out. Uh, well, alternate- I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I've been hearing a lot of rumors the last couple weeks about Red Skull being more involved in Avengers 4. Oh, and you know why? Because now he has the freedom to leave the planet. Correct. Now that he's not the protector of the Soul Stone, his keep, he, he's done with his keep. His time is done, so he can mm-hmm. leave. and go, if, Which means, technically speaking, oh my god, how bitchin' would it be if he fucking took the Infinity Gauntlet? And, oh, Red Skull. Or, highly underrated. What if Red Skull picked up the fucking shield? Ooh, that would be interesting. Shit. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. You're not wrong. Damn. I think I think that would be a cool way to include him. You know, he's he's just trying to survive and do his own thing at this point, but he also wants to go home. Yes. And the way for him to go home is to help defeat Thanos, and he has to temporarily ally with the Avengers, and that's going to be a pretty sketchy alliance because, you know... Well, Cap, Cap knows who the fuck would... He, I mean, Cap will be shocked to mm-hmm. see him. That'll be an amazing moment. Uh, and then also, you know, if you have any of the... Well, you wouldn't have any of the Guardians, really. I mean, I guess there's really only, like, one dude who knows about well, Red and Bucky. Skull. Bucky. Well, and Bucky. Bucky, too, also. So those two would be, like, stultified. Like, what the fuck are you doing here? You know, that's right. crazy. Um, but the rest of the Avengers would just be relying on them to be like, what's up with this dude? Why's he got a fucking red skull? What's yeah, his fucking name? Why's this dude red? It's like his name is fucking Red Skull because he's got a fucking red skull. That's why. Enough. Oh, oh I would have never guessed. I would have never guessed either. Man, you know what bums me out? Is that I'm not playing the Marvel Spider-Man game on PlayStation 4. M- me too. Me too. It, it saddens my soul. And I say that because Spidey is my favorite hero of all time. Really? I have so many, oh, yeah, by far. I mean, if you look at my comic collection, um, I have an, a run of Amazing Spider-Man 100 to 700. Uh, and I'm only missing like 50 under 100. Hell yeah. So I almost have a complete run of Spider-Man. It's, it's like one of my long-term life goals, uh, that and completing my Walking Dead, which only needs issues one and two. Those are my goals. Once those are done, fucking die happy. Like, it's cool. I completed them. Completionist. It's over. Sweet. I didn't realize that you had that many. I, well, I didn't realize that Spidey was your guy. Well, when you come up to the Podfather's pad in the near future and we hang out, you'll get to see in, in all its glory what's up with the comics. Because uh, I may have an erection. 
you will probably have a more than a slight erection. It will probably last longer than four hours. Ooh, I'll need to call a doctor. <laughs> Who needs Viagra when you've got my comic room? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, the new Viagra, Nate's comic room. Just don't show him your boner. <laughs> right. Like, I don't need to see that. Keep it to yourself. But I brought up that Spider-Man game because while everybody else is playing the Spider-Man game and it's fucking fantastic, somebody mocked up what it could be like if they came out with an Iron Man game. Mm-hmm. I mean, the H, the HUD, the heads-up display, a little busy. I like the idea behind it. I think that the Iron Man game would work better if the HUD was only visible when you went into first-person mode. Right. And then it was just totally bitching. Yeah, I mean, you've got you've got such an iconic character already with Spider Spider Man, and from everything that I've read and watched and seen, um, that you know this game is nine out of ten all day, uh, ten out of ten for most people. They just captured that character so well, and the gameplay is so fantastic. I've heard some people say this is what they wanted from Arkham Knight. I could believe that. You know that that was the inspiration for this game so um why not capitalize now i'm not saying release one every year you know we don't need 2019 uh the hulk 2020 thor 2021 iron man you know we don't need one every year make every one that you do great or you know like you and i were talking earlier uh just make another game and then crank out a fuck ton of dlc oh yeah Avengers but make game. them worth but make them worthwhile yeah know? yeah exactly my thought would be if you're gonna do a big time Marvel game that's not like spider-man it's funny because if you go back to the very first nerds of the roundtable journey into comics 20 I think that was Jesus that feels like fucking 10 lifetimes ago I one of the topics we brought to the table in that roundtable was if you could create any game with any character, what would you do and why? And my thing was Rocksteady Spider-Man, which is what we got in the Insomniac Spider-Man game. Mm -hmm. So then to further elaborate on that, what would be even better is have Avengers. Make it to where Bruce Banner is a playable character who is Bruce Banner first. And in situations, it forces you to become the Hulk, not a choice. You're doing something and some shit happens and, oh, now I'm the fucking Hulk. And there are repercussions. And you can send Hulk on missions, or Iron Man on missions, or Black Panther, or you can bring Bucky, or Vision, or Scarlet Witch, or Captain Marvel, anybody. But every character has their own power type, every character has their own story arc, every character has some representation in some form or fashion with the villains, and then you can expand and expand and expand, do more games, and so on and so forth. So a better version of the early 2000s Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Absolutely. I loved those games. I did too. Uh, X-Men Legends and X-Men Legends 2. Also great games. Fuck yes, man. Those were classic games. Uh, but yeah, exactly that. But then you would have it more where it's more first person or third person, depending on how you prefer to play. I think we're in the era now where you can pretty easily decipher whether or not you want it to be first or third person, and they can make that feature in the game. Right. Uh, and then, yeah, you just bring out all your Avengers. You bring out a bitchin' story that's original and its own thing. Maybe bring somebody who's a big wig in to write a brilliantly, I uh, you know, story, and then just come up with a way that some disruptance, like some things that happen in your city, you don't know who you're going to face, which allows you to change it. So if 
Hulk goes, Abomination will be there. But if Thor goes, it might be fucking Loki. You know, and that's how you switch it to where parts are interchangeable, but not the whole thing. Secret Wars. Oh, oh man. If done right, would be awesome. It'd mm-hmm. be an it'd be an interesting way to to, to definitely pull that all off. I but, won't I won't go balls deep on it, but I've said this a uh, hundred times, and I'm going to continue to say it. Uh, after Avengers four, after the Infinity Arc is complete, you have to go to Secret Wars. If you're going to do a big crossover event, it has to be Secret Wars. My opinion. I think the next thing's going to be Secret Invasion. <sighs> Because the scroll showing up means that you're going to have people in your universe who aren't really them. Right. That's how they're going to get rid of Drax. <clears throat> Did I say that aloud? Sorry, Dave Batista, but I don't know if there's no James Gunn if you're going to have a job after all the shit that's been said. Well, like, I'm not terribly upset about if that were to happen anyway. I love Batista as Drax. I love Batista as an actor, but this version of Drax is not the Drax that I wanted to see. Also true. I wanted they, to see. I wanted to see murderous Drax thrown into a pit of goo, and then just become one of the only creatures alive that can challenge Thanos instead of a wisecracking, muscle-bound, gray oh, and red guy that really doesn't contribute anything other than comedic relief. He's an oaf, dude. Mm-hmm. He's so dumb. Like, I mean, I get. I mean, I don't mean that badly. I love Dave Batista as Drax, but. Uh, it's difficult because you made him your comedic linchpin in Guardians when you already have a team of comedic people. So, And then you throw Mantis in too, which now him and Mantis are a tag team of just constant comedic relief. And it gets really old really fast. Kick names and take ass. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I got you. It's a good one. But uh, I don't know, man. I don't know what the future for the MCU holds. I do know... That to speak on Spider-Man in the MCU, and this is going to tie into your big final topic of the day. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I'm I just, so excited. <laughs> I just learned a very interesting thing. They officially announced the rating for Venom. Yes. Now, do you know why it got the rating it got? Uh, I read the article earlier. It was so... If they do a... Correct me if I'm wrong, but if they do a... Spider-Man Venom crossover. If they're going to include Spider-Man in this Venom uh, universe, they wanted to keep it PG-13 because it would be more difficult if it was rated R. It's almost impossible to go hard R with Spider-Man because he is a kid's character. Unless he's wearing the black suit. Okay, I get that. Yeah, totally. I I vibe that. That would be amazing. Black Suit Spidey's one of my faves. First mm-hmm. appearance in uh, Secret Wars 8. And then first time he was an amazing Spider-Man as the Black Suit Spider was amazing Spider-Man 252. Yes. Which that rec- one I know. That one I know. Which recreates the cover of Amazing Fantasy 15, the first appearance of Spider-Man, but he's in the black suit. So, uh, <clears throat> and then of course the black suit spawned out the Web of Spider-Man series, which is a whole new thing that was... Back in the 80s, it's not new anymore. But uh, I would love to see Venom and Spidey go at it. It's just uh, where this happens down the road. You know what I would enjoy more than seeing Venom and Spidey go at it? Them teaming up to beat the shit on a carnage. Well, not just that, but Venom joining the MCU. 
Yes. As as anti-hero Venom. And it, it doesn't necessarily have to be Eddie Brock Venom. It could be, you know, any of the other variations. Well, Flash um, Thompson most recently has been mm-hmm. the the Venom of the Spider-Man verse. So, and that's that's the one that I was gonna go with. Um, but you know, Eddie Brock is definitely my favorite Venom because there's so much inner conflict, and you know, the mind of the symbiote is so prevalent. Um, but Venom, Venom, and the Hulk are my two favorite characters in Marvel. Period. Dot. Okay. I love Spidey, but Venom, if I had to choose between Venom and Spidey, I'm taking Venom all day. Venom's first appearance, uh, Amazing Spider-Man 298. Keep um, uh, keep talking. I'm going to grab something real quick. Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, first appearance, 298, and then he has uh, another panel in 299, and then his first full appearance is 300, where they blow the roof off of things, and you've got uh, Todd McFarland. Rocking and rolling and uh, kicking lots of ass, and his run as uh, the artist and writer for Spider-Man, um, being right before his switch over in the start of Image Comics and the birth of Spawn and all those things. Uh, you know, uh, Todd McFarland is excellent. Okay, um, yeah. So, hey, I have a question, Tyler, but you can't hear me yet. I can hear you. Okay, so I want you to just riff for a brief second on what your kind of expectations are. F- fucking awesome. That is badass. I don't know what exactly it is. Is that a hero click? It's a Disney. Remember the Disney Infinity video game? Yes. Oh, those are bitching. Those are here's, bitching as fuck. Here's my, here's my favorite. Oh my god, it's amazing. Badass Venom, long tongue. Um, but I need you to tell me your expectations for this Venom movie so I can be a straight-up gangster and order dominoes while I'm actually listening to what you're saying. That's fine. Um, so initially, when I saw the Venom uh, kind of promotional art teased before we got that initial trailer, I was very, very excited. Um, that was before... You know, I had really seen Tom Hardy confirmed um, as the casting for Eddie Brock and Venom. And, you know, before we knew that he was going to voice Venom, uh, which, you know, that that makes me just that much more excited for the film. Um, Once I got all the details and then I remembered that Sony was in charge of it, I got really, really worried and my expectations which initially were really high, are now really low. Uh, From the trailers and everything that they've kind of kicked out the last uh, month, two months, uh, a little longer, um, I have very high expectations. I am very excited for this. Um, Okay, so not to interrupt, but in, in, in asking that question, I need to know because my expectations are also very high, but... One thing I'm struggling with is the lack of the spider logo on Venom. Um, I, I think initially I was kind of perturbed about that too, but I think it kind of makes sense. Um, this Venom film takes place entirely, you know, from what we know anyway in San Francisco. This is completely separate from Spider-Man. Um, so I, the way that it makes sense to me is they're kind of setting this up for when Spider-Man inevitably enters the Venom-verse, is what I'm going to call it. Okay, I like um, that. 
and then maybe Eddie and the symbiote, you know, see Spidey doing some Spidey stuff, and then they get jealous, or maybe that's when the symbiote uh, turns its back on Eddie and goes with Peter, and then oh, when and it that's inevitably what creates the fucking wedge between him and Eddie, genius. Mm-hmm. And then inevitably <laughs> it comes back, and as it as Eddie, you know, as it as accepts Eddie again, it brings a little bit of Peter with it too, and it keeps that spider logo. And of course, that's the um that the the symbiote, which it's symbiote, it's not symbiote. Another thing I'm Thank not a, agreeing with. Uh, to me, the symbiote affects and brings out the worst in everybody. It's almost like the pink ooze from Ghostbusters Two. Yeah, you know, so. Eddie is going to, and of course, it also takes something from whoever it's hosting or whoever hosts it. So you're right. There will be a little bit of Peter left when that symbiote, if this is the way they do it, which I think is a very clever, intelligent way. You know, maybe at the end of the movie, Eddie has a control on Venom and a little bit of the symbiote gets like chopped off him. The symbiote, symbiote, symbiote. I don't know why they said it like that. Symbiote. Symbiote. The, maybe the, the, maybe they're just a robot. She was just Asian. Okay. <laughs> Good God, man. I mean, it, well, that's not why she said it wrong. I'm I just, know. I'm just kidding. I, she just wasn't. A, I mean, she wasn't. A, anyways, but um, the, the symbiote, if it leaves Eddie to go to to say Peter, and then it either leaves. Peter to go back to Eddie, but I, I'm trying to find out how you introduce Cletus Cassidy and all this because that's another big part of this carnage. Carnage, it has to happen. I mean, there's we've I've literally been saying since Spider-Man motherfucking one in 2002 that fucking Carnage and Venom needed to be the third movie's final act. It would have been the there's, best thing. There's so and and this 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 is a testament to just the Spider-Verse in general, there are so many fantastic characters that interact with Peter and Spider-Man from, you know, any variation of Spider-Man, whether it's Miles Morales, um, you know, any variation of Spider-Man, there are fantastic characters. Um, But Venom and Carnage are eternal. They are your endgame for Spider-Man. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you can you can say a lot about well, you know, Mysterio and Doc Ock and and Green Goblin slash Hobgoblin are real. That's really your your villain. Um, Venom and Carnage uh, mirror the negative side of everything that Spidey is. Absolutely. So that that is your arch nemesis. Um, well, I it's- so go ahead. I was just going to say, and it's interesting because you got Venom who can easily overpower Peter. Mm-hmm. It's the one time where you know that Peter is outstrengthed. Absolutely. Right? But Carnage isn't that. Carnage is chaos. And mm-hmm. the chaos is what Peter can't deal with because Carnage is like, fuck it, I'll kill everybody. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's not just chaos. It's chaos and just flat-out cruelty. Just reckless abandon no value of on life of any sort. I'm not I'm not just going to kill your family. I'm going to kill 10 blocks worth of families and I'm going to kill their pets too. Peter can't handle that shit. 
one thing Carnage didn't mention when he said he was going to kill their pets is their pets are not even home. They're in the fucking in the fucking groomers. Yes, getting a fucking haircut. They're getting boarded. You know, they're at, at at yeah. They're getting their haircut. I'm gonna find your pet with this RFID chip, and then I'm gonna fucking kill him. And then I'm gonna kill all the groomers too. And Just then for their fun. pets. Like yeah. you want ultimate Carnage on screen is what you mm-hmm. need. So. um Blaine and I, every time we talk about Carnage, there's one guy specifically. Uh, Walton Goggins. Walt- yes, Goggins. That would be, that is the, that is Cletus Cassidy if I was going to cast him. Um, you know, all the rumors, especially with Venom up and coming, and this is part of the reason that I was a little bit uh, apprehensive about getting excited about okay. this film is... Uh, what's his name? I normally, um, hold on. My brain isn't working. Um, I've almost got it. Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson is the suspected, uh, carnage. And I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, I think Woody Harrelson would be great as Carnage. He was great in Solo. It's Tobias Beckett. <sighs> yeah, but I mean, he's he's got the comedic relief. He has fantastic acting talent. But I don't know that he could be scumbag on that level. Okay. Okay. That's that's what I would struggle with a little bit. You know, obviously, the symbiote is going to take all the negative that it wants and it's going to influence you however it wants and amplify it. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving the ball in Sony's court. If, if Woody Harrelson is who you want carnage to be, if, if Woody Harrelson is Cletus Cassidy, they are obviously justifying it. Now sell it to me. Exactly. And don't fucking bullshit it. Bring it hard. So I'm glad that you brought up 2002 Spider-Man because I love Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man. Um, maybe not so much Peter Parker, but I loved him as Spider-Man. As bad as that trio of movies were, you have to point out and give credit to Willem Dafoe as Green Goblin. Amazing. Amazing. Norman Osborn. Who could you have cast that would have done a better job? I don't know of anyone. No one. I, I don't know, especially at that time. I don't you could you cannot justify anybody else for me. Um so if you can direct and guide Woody Harrelson to give the same caliber of performance that Willem Dafoe did as Green Goblin, you've you've got me. I'm hooked. Sold. Yeah. I mean, all my faith goes back into Sony's court again. Um, I'm not worried about Tom Hardy. You know, I'm, I'm a Tom Hardy fanboy. I love Tom Hardy Bane. I'm one of the few people that love Tom Hardy Bane. So, um, I didn't like him, Batman. It was all about the voice for me. It wasn't about the, the performances, the actor physically or the story or the lines. It was that I couldn't really hardly hear the lines. And I kept thinking, why the fuck is Daryl Hammond doing Sean Connery's voice for Bane? <laughs> you know? Yeah, the the voice was a little aggravating at times. Um, I just appreciated the entire performance because I'm not a big fan of Luchador Bane. Okay. Um, I just... 
you know, uh, the 90s Batman cartoon ruined Luchador Bane for me, and then, you know, with Bat Nipples, it just got that much worse. Bane! Yes, thank you. Um, the fucking most... I will never forget that in theaters, seeing that movie, and it's the scene where they're fighting on the snowy mountaintop trying to stop the fucking the freeze gun from shooting off and fucking freezing everybody. And it's Batgirl and Robin and they're fighting Bane and it cuts to Bane and he's going Bane, but it's him when he was in poison Ivy's office in the earlier part of the movie, they'd super cut it and didn't put the snowy cut in. Yep. They fucked up. So it was like bad and they fixed it on home video and then you can't see anymore. It's dumb, but uh, I really love Venom. I'm looking forward to this movie. Uh, it's only a few short weeks away here. October October the 5th? Yeah, I think that the one thing I'm not excited about for Venom is the Eminem track that tied to it. Like, I don't really hate the song. I just think the chorus is corny as shit. Yeah. So, but what do you got to do? You got to put the name of the fucking villain in the fucking title track because that's how they do it, so. Right. Um. So while we're talking about Venom, how do you feel about Riot being the main villain in this first film? Makes sense. I think it's a cool throwback to Lethal Protection and the first Venom book and setting up the bigger picture and the possibility that multiple symbiotes can exist, which allows you to then create carnage. It's all just, it's setting up mythos in the slow. I mean, you could do toxin as well. Anti-Venom. Uh, Anti venom would be cool. I mean, there's there's uh, a lot. What of different was ways. what was the one that uh, copied Spider Man? Um, here I'll just look it up while we're talking about it because it. So I loved uh, the anti venom stuff that I read. Um, there was a symbiote that copied Spider Man and then actually. Ended up helping Venom and Spidey. Hmm. Did you say Toxin? Yeah. Yeah, Toxin was who I was talking about. Toxin, Scream, Agony. There's uh, Phage, Riot, Lasher, uh, Scorn, Carnage, Toxin, which, yeah, like you said, mimicked Spidey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can never say this one's name. It's the three Z's and the two X's. Zooks, I guess. Venom. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna go with. Mania, She Venom, Dreadface, and Payback are some of the different forms of species of symbiote in the Marvel universe. So that that's what I I'm really I'm really interested to see where they take. I'm and I'm gonna keep calling it the Venom Verse or Venom Verse. Because they have so many different roads that they could travel down. Totally. You know, you could say that Raya is a legitimate child of Venom. You could say, like he is in the comics, that he's a clone of Venom. Yes. And then, and then all the other ones, you know, Dreadface and Scream and Lasher, they are all also clones Um or not Dreadface, but, you know, the other ones, Scream, Lasher, Phage, Agony, and Riot, they're all clones of Venom. But then you can also do all of the Children of Carnage, you know, oh. that were totally unintentional. Um, I just, I, I'm pumped. 
Me too, man. I cannot wait for for Venom this year. Aquaman's not too far around the corner, and I know yeah. that that's like... How do you feel about that one? Honestly... I, you and I haven't had a chance to talk about Aquaman. I'm looking forward to Aquaman mainly because I like Jason Momoa. Like Me too. I could give a fuck all about Arthur Curry, the character. I could give a fuck all if you're going to sell me on a dude that speaks to fish. Like... A dude, that, wanna... a dude that gave Steppenwolf all he wanted. That's true. That's true. You're right. But, like, I feel like it's going to be insignificant to the bigger picture of the MC or the DCEU because it's going to be like Wonder Woman, self-contained story, its own little spot in time. Do you think Maybe... it will be as good as Wonder Woman? We can only hope. I don't know if it will be, but I hope that they at least bring that caliber of writing and don't just make a... They can't shortchange the smart fan. Mm-hmm. If they bring cheap writing, people are going to see through it, and it's going to come through as a shitty movie. And guess what? If the DC right now has another fumble, it's over. Right. I'm really excited for Aquaman because of the villain in the film in Black Manta, or one oh. of the villains in the film. Black Manta is one of my favorite villains in the DC. Bitchin'. Black Manta. I fucking a love villain. Black Manta. Yeah, he looks he's awesome. Just, he he's, fucking, he's got that badass helmet. Oh, yeah. For sure. That's all you need to be a good villain for me is a badass helmet. So Darth Helmet, then. Yes. He's the well, greatest. Yes. Y- yes. <laughs> he's, the one, he's the one to rule them all. Ooh, well said. Well said. Well, Tyler, is there anything else we want to dive into before we rock it out of here today, my bud? Um. Well... Keeping on the Venom track real quick, uh, sure. do you do you have any big plans uh, to see Venom? Not particularly. Um, it's kind of, uh, that's the first weekend of October, mm-hmm. and I know that like that Saturday is supposed to be the 450 North Corn Maze thing, and that evening of that day is punk rock nights award ceremony where walk among us was nominated for two awards that's fucking super cool shout out to yeah punk rock night you gotta pump yourself up that was pretty cool to get the the nod for best tribute slash um people's choice award so we'll see we'll see what happens there uh, but it just, it's, it's kind of crazy busy. So uh, my hope is, is that in the first weekend I can see this movie, you know, mm-hmm. I, I believe that Blaine and Miranda and Skylar and I are going to go to IMAX to see it. Bitchin, 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 bitchin. I'm going to kind of lean on your guys's review of the movie, whether or not I need to see it in theaters. Cause it's one, like I said, there's some things that scare me. I do want to see it. Don't get me wrong, but if you go and see it and you're like, bro, don't waste your fucking time. It wasn't worth your weight in gold. Okay. Well, I well, get it. So you know for a fact that Blaine and I are going to review this movie hard. Oh, yeah, and, I do. And if this movie is bad, I will never be able to forgive Sony because this is my favorite character in all of nerd culture. And this will be the straw breaking the proverbial camel's back. Absolutely. absolutely. I will not... I mean, I have such a low opinion of Sony pushed movies anyway. Totally. As far as as far as superhero films go, um, if they ruin this one, I'm pretty much done. Damn, I I think that's well said, man. And I, we're waiting with bated breath. It's the next big one to come out. Uh, I feel like we're gonna have some more stuff to talk about on JIC two ten 
because I feel like the Captain Marvel trailer will drop, and we're probably going to have some other casting news and shit coming down the pipe. And we've got uh, CW shows starting up soon, Gotham mm-hmm. Season 5 starting up soon. I still haven't forgot about my recommendation to watch Gotham. I just got to find a little bit of time. I know. Just a bro. little bit of time. I know. And like I said, you got to suffer through, and I mean, I don't, I don't want to say suffer through. The first couple episodes are just slow for the sake of building up what you need to know. And then once it really pops off, it they never like once Pandora is out of the box, it she don't go back in. Like they put their fucking foot to the pedal the whole time. And the the most recent season, season four, had so many moments where you were just like, no, they fucking didn't. No, they fucking didn't. No, they fucking why why would they do that? Why would they do that? And then like the resolve is amazing. So I know you didn't forget about that awesome reference back at JIC two hundred, but. Before we get out of here, let's get to the plugs. As always, folks, you can check out the Journey Into Comics podcast at journeyintocomics.com, where you get our network, Journey Into Comics Network. Getting all the different shows, that's uh, Journey Into Comics, Poor News, Poor Entertainment, Adulting Ain't Easy, uh, Foodies Watching Movies, Journey Into Wrestling, Podcastrophy, now also featured on their own feed, Gallif Radio, Kids for Sale, and Bruise with Dudes, as well as the Best of the Week show every single Sunday giving you kind of highlights of some of the shit that we got going on for you. You can check out our Patreon at patreon.com backslash journey into comics. Throw us a buck, get early access and exclusive content. Throw us more than that, get a lot of cool shit. Go find it for yourself to see what you can find. Also, allegedly, a $100 tier. We don't know if that's real or not. Maybe it's mythical. We'll see. We'll see someday if the tickler appears. Someone has to donate $100. But then once that happens, then the fucking real work of fucking making that happen happens. Oh, that's it'll the happen. problem. Oh, it'll happen. But that's the <laughs> fucked up thing. All right, folks. As always, check out Journey into Comics on all the different social medias. That's Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Journey into Comics, Journey into Comics podcast, and JIC Network. Uh, pretty easy to find there, folks. I think that's gonna do it this week, Tyler. Thanks so much for coming back on Journey into Comics, buddy. Thanks for having me on again, man. We've been we've been talking. Pretty much since 200, like, oh, we have so much to talk about Ant-Man. And then I couldn't, you know, you had stuff going on. I had stuff going on. We couldn't not nail that one down. And then it's like, oh, my God, we have so much Venom stuff to talk about. And then we've just, th- this is the perfect storm for me to get back on here. So Mixed with that and the Cavill news, it was kind of fitting right. that if I'm going to cover this shit, I cover it with someone who is truly, genuinely a fan of both those characters and the people playing those roles. Mm-hmm. So uh, thank you so much for coming back, folks. As always, make sure to check out now every single Thursday on the Podcastrophy page at podcastrophy.podbean.com. You will get their episodes. You'll also get them here at the Journey into Comics Network, but they're going to be venturing into their own thing, so go subscribe to them where you can catch Tyler and his quote-unquote unpopular opinions every single Thursday. And they do live stream every Tuesday, which you guys should check out on their Facebook because it's the best way to check their show out anyways. Tyler, was there anything else you wanted to add before we got on here, my bud? Uh, No, just uh, th- thanks again for having me on, and we'll have to do this again soon. Very soon. Sooner than the last time we did it to this time. For sure. But uh, for Journey into Comics 209, I'm Nate. And I'm Tyler. And as always, we want you to pop your caps back and fill your brains with shit. Later.